Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of GORCOM, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about what's going on with their companies. With us today, I'm happy to have them for the first time ever, and you're going to love this interview. Claude Leduc, CEO, Ortho Regenerative Technologies, trades on the CSC under ORTH, and for our friends in the U.S., ORTIF. Now, for those of you, here, for those of you who are new, there's going to be a lot of you, the way to understand ortho is as follows. Have you ever torn a muscle, a rotator cuff, a meniscus, or cartilage? How about someone you know, or favorite, or favorite athlete, hockey player, football quarterback? We hear about these injuries all the time. Uh, what you need to know is this. There is a massive problem with failed surgeries. You know, we tend to think when we're watching the news or TV that Tom Brady's going to get better. He's going into surgery. But here are some numbers. Rotator cuffs generally have a 20 to 95% failure rate, somewhere in the middle there. Meniscus, 20 to 40%. Cartilage, 15 to 35% failure rates. This is a big problem. A lot of people don't realize that. How ORTH solves it, that's what we're going to talk about here in layman's terms. Claude, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, uh, George, for having me today. And, um, and welcome, everyone, of course, who's listening. Um, and, and, you know, I'm delighted uh, to get you into, uh, you know, our technology and uh, and story yes yeah i'm excited because yes. you're using proprietary technology to dramatically improve the success the success rate of these orthopedic and sports medicine surgeries i mean that's yes. that's a big deal that will impact all of us at some point in our lives uh, right yes so, absolutely george yes uh, and I, I guess the introduction you know was uh, spot on uh, huge problem um and and you know as you alluded so many failures with standard of care of those surgeries. And this is where we come with a solution. You know, orthopedic surgeons um, are annoyed and even more the patient is, are annoyed, you know, when there is a failure and or such a high failure rate, you know, with standard of care surgery. So what we, you know, those orthopedic surgeons are looking for better outcomes and solutions to improve their outcomes of their surgery. Because it caused a problem for them too, right, Claude? It's not yes, it just, uh, first of all, the most important thing is the patient. We know yes. that. So yes. that caused a problem for the patient. Yes. It also caused a problem for the doctor because the first thing I'm gonna to say to my doctor is, hey, my rotator cuff surgery didn't go well, it's your fault, right? And, exactly. And, and that either will lose business for the doctor or will yes. decrease confidence, yes. all of those things. Is it really that big? Because I didn't know it was a major problem until we met. Absolutely. So patient, physician, and also the payers, all three of them are annoyed, you know, with uh, the failure rate. So, you know, one of the solution is to use what we call orthobiologics. So those are biologic uh, substances that you take from the human body, you know, which are containing growth factors or stem cells that can accelerate repair of the soft tissues. You know, soft tissues are very difficult to repair. Soft tissues are connective tissues. You know, for example, um, you know, tendons- yeah, we see them intertwined like that. Exactly, so tendons are, you know, are, are, are connecting, you know, with the bones. Uh, ligaments are connecting, you know, bones between themselves. And these are not vascularized as uh, other um, tissue of the human body. So if you cut yourself on the skin, you bleed like hell, and that bleeding induces a cascade of very quick repair events, 
and you know which will uh, be delivering you know all kinds of factors to grow new tissue very quickly but in those soft tissues those soft tissues are white if you look at cartilage it's white if you look at meniscus most of it is white if you look at tendons they're transparent you know if you have a piece of meat and yeah, you have a tendon yeah, so it's it's transparent you know so this is just reflecting the lack of blood vessels and those, you know, the blood vessels are, uh, you know, very important to be able to bring in all the factors that can repair uh, those soft tissues. So that's the big challenge. If you do surgery, you're just mechanically connecting that tendon to the bone with sutures and anchors. And then you close your patient and you pray that there will be fusion between your tendon and the bone. So, and, and as you, uh, you know, stated, uh, there's a big, big failure rate, you know, for example, for the rotator cuff tears of the shoulder, you know, up to 90% uh, failure if your That's tear is large. It's That's unbelievable. unbelievable. So how do we come with a solution that will be, um, you know, increasing value and, and uh, you know, improving outcomes of surgery? We have what we call a um, polymer that is designated by the FDA as a drug which in combination with a biologic, which will be platelet-rich plasma that we use from the patient's own, own body. So we mix the PRP from the patient with the polymer, and that mix becomes the Ortho-R, which is our first product that we will be um, you know, going through clinical trials in the US. And um, so this is the first product that will serve to improve outcomes of these uh, soft tissue repair. And, and what's done is just kind of layered on top of the tissue, essentially, yes. just to help so, the bonding? Absolutely. So PRP, its first role is that you have a hyper concentration of growth factors. How do we prepare PRP? So PRP is prepared into the auto operating room. Let's say that you, George, have a rotator cuff tear you are elected for surgery. They roll you into your bed, into the OR. And as you roll in and, you know, the nurse will withdraw 60 cc of your own blood. Uh, and they will spend that blood for about 12 minutes, eight to 12 minutes. This will separate your, your blood into different cell types layers. Oh, this is great. I thought I thought I would have to come in two, three weeks before. You have to take something out of me. It needs time to culture and yes. get ready. This is happening at the same day. Exactly. This is the beauty of our technology because the, the growth factors are coming from patient and we are producing those into the OR. So, so when you withdraw the platelet-rich plasma layer, which is concentrated, you know, six to 10 times more than the blood level, this is where the growth factors are. So platelets are secreting granules, these granules secrete growth factors and cytokines and all kinds of biologic soup that would accelerate and, and regenerate new tissue. And this is how we can, uh, you know, improve, uh, of course, the outcome of those uh, difficult to heal uh, soft tissue repair. So how, what you're going into some clinical trials. Yes. Uh, so you still have, you still have to go through some of that process. What tells you now that, what, what data do you have or what findings do you have that give you the confidence that you're onto something here that you can actually make your product can actually make a difference. The FDA, you know, sets rules. Of course, when when you want to, uh, you know, start a clinical trial with patients, humans, um, you know, you need to prove yourself in vitro, in vivo with animals. 
So we did for you know, multiple years, multiple uh, in vitro and animal studies, okay. and which were you know, showing very strongly. For example, we had a pivotal 48 sheep study and sheep and goats are the best animals used you know, in, um, in uh, uh, animal studies you know, for orthopedics. And we show very clearly that we can accelerate the healing of the, the rotator cuff of the sheep um, you know, within three months. So it's, it, it regenerate more tissue faster. And then at six months, uh, we showed that, you know, the tissue that we, um, that we grow is similar to normal tissue. If you do, you know, we were comparing to standard of care surgery. So if you took, if you take the, the histology or the, the cellular uh, organization of the new tissue regenerated by standard of care surgery, it's a fibrous tissue. It is a mechanically and biologically inferior tissue, which means that it will snap again in many cases. Well, and, and hence the failure rates, right? And, and hence the failure rate. Uh, whereas if you add the technology, there is an added value because you know, it, it improves the quality of tissue that is similar to normal tissue. So those are the requirements. Those are very difficult studies to do, expensive, and they're related needs to be into a you know, good laboratory practice um, site, which is independent from the company, independent from the university who you know, invented the technology. So all related and we spot on, you know, delivered a huge and, and very good results with, uh, with that sheep study. That's what I was going to ask. Did, you, did the results come back as expected or better than expected? Well, better than expected because That's it's great. difficult in animals, you know, to generate uh, results. You know, when you do surgery on the animals, 20 minutes after the surgery, the animal is in his cage, you know, bearing on its, uh, you know, limbs and then moving. And it's not a perfect environment. Whereas, you know, a human, for example, if we repair your shoulder, the rehab program will be immobilization of your shoulder for maybe a week. So there is, uh, you know, a better environment and better mechanical sure. stability for the uh, growth factors to work, you know, so, yeah. What kind of response have you had in general from the medical community to your early, uh, to your early findings? Because obviously I'm sure you're, you're getting these results out there in the orthopedic world. What kind yes. of, what kind of uh, feedback are you getting? Yes. As a company, uh, you know, starting a U.S.-based clinical trial, you always uh, look for, you know, having um, major clinical centers in your study. And you want to have a, you know, a, a principal investigator that knows, you know, the orthobiologic environment. And so we chose one of the best U.S orthobiologic name. I cannot share it uh, with you now because, you know, it will be uh, eventually um, uh, revealed, but... Um, okay, that gives us something to look forward to. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, so, and, you know, convincing them to participate in a study, you know, from a startup coming from Canada, you need to have bulletproof background for them to accept to, to become principal investigator of your study or to accept to become clinical centers and to, to enroll patients. So that's the best uh, validation sure. that we can get. Yep. Yes, that is, that is pretty impressive actually. I can't yes. wait to find out. Yes. So, so George will have six to 10 centers in the US. Uh, many of them will be academic center, university centers. Others will be, um, uh, you know, uh, other uh, private centers uh, that will be participating. How long do these trials take? Are they like pharmaceuticals where if uh, George Calm Pharma wants to create a new, you know, a new pill, 
it takes me five years and hundreds of millions, maybe even billions of dollars? Yes. Or is this something a little different than that, maybe even a little faster? Yes. Well, unlike a, a drug for a chronic disease, uh, you know, it's, it's way faster in, in our field and, and less expensive. So our phase one, two study that we are preparing for the US, we will be enrolling 75 patients and we will, we will uh, enroll them within six to eight months. That's the, that's the target to enroll those uh, you know, 75 patients in six to 10 US centers. And um, then we will follow up those patients for 12 months. So after you enroll the last patient, then 12 months after you have the results of your last patient, and then we can um, you know, have the clinical results uh, report uh, a couple of months after that. So we're aiming at the end of 2022, early 2023 to have the results of that trial. And those are starting again when? When did the trial start? Yes, we are submit, going to submit our IND uh, to, you know, to have, uh, you know, to go from the FDA to start the trial in the coming weeks, you know. Right now, we are finalizing the manufacturing of our clinical lot. And um, so we, um, you know, we're going to submit the IND in the coming weeks. So, you know, in our timelines uh, publicly uh, revealed, uh, we will start uh, to enroll patients in the second quarter of this year. Calendar year. How big of a market is this? I mean, it's got to be a massive market. And am I right to assume that as our demographics continue to increase in age yes. uh, and people are living longer, uh, that this market is only going to get bigger and bigger for decades to come. Absolutely, uh, George. You know, the, the orthobiologics market is a $5 billion market. That includes some instrumentations and some, uh, uh, you know, anchors and sutures, but, but the this is a huge market and a huge need, you know, just for rotator cuff in, Louis, in the US only, 600,000 surgeries per year. Uh, wow. For, okay. <laughs> for cartilage, That's a lot of baseball players. Yes, yes, yes. And, and for cartilage and meniscus, uh, you know, 1.2 million uh, procedures per year, but many of them are not treated because there is lack of options. So, you know, and the, the actual options, for example, for cartilage repair are cell-based therapies, which are quite expensive because they, you know, they need to grow the cells into a laboratory and to reimplant it into the patient. So it's quite expensive and it's not reimbursed by uh, you know, third party or, or public systems. So the, here we have a technology that is very affordable, extremely easy to use in do, into the uh, orthopedic theater. We're not changing the surgery for the orthopedic surgeon. So he completes his surgery as normal. And then we are an adjunct to that surgery. So they deliver the biologic drug combination on top of the surgical site. Takes a few minutes. That's the whole Yeah, that's impressive. It. Claude, yes. I know I said it earlier, but I, that's really impressive. When, I, when you said that you're going to use tissue or whatever you need for me, or you know, I thought, oh, like I said before, they'd have to come in weeks before and prepare this. The fact they're able yes. to do it it's almost like I'm going in for a meal and I'm at, and I, and I'm getting the dessert while I'm there at the same, yes. At yes. The same time. Yes. George, I need to mention something that I forgot. Um, you know, PRP or clitid rich plasma is widely used by the orthopedic community for its, uh, you know, um, uh, source of growth factors and cytokine, as I described, you know, that is uh, present into PRP. The big challenge of using PRP without our technology is that PRP is not, um, does not have a long life 
when you put it into, onto the surgical site. So if you deliver PRP alone, it's like a liquid. And so it would be washed out and diluted and degraded right. very quickly. And so our technology is, is um, you know, increasing the residence time is what we say mucoadhesives. It, uh, that means that it sticks to human soft tissues. So it will stay in place and have a residence time that will go up to maybe four weeks. So it's, that's the whole value that we bring in compared to using PRP alone. And the automatic community is well aware of the limits of PRP as, as a standalone uh, option, um, you know, on top of a center of care surgery. So again, um, you know, all the automatic surgeon that knows about what we're doing, they are extremely excited because it answers the clear need, you know, to improve the PRP um, uh, residence time. Yeah, now when we call it mucoadhesive, I didn't want to refer to that term at the beginning or too early because people can yes. say, what the heck is mucoadhesive? Yes. But now, after your great description, your great lay, and, I, and you did it wonderfully, that was fantastic. Now, now after all that, you say mucoadhesive, like, oh yeah, okay, I, 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 get the, I get the concept. I mean, we're not all of a sudden orthopedic experts, but we get the concept. Yes. Let's talk about the business model. So we, yes. we know it's a massive market. We know you've had great initial feedback. We know that you've got a testing partner who's kind of putting their name to the, you know, to the test and all that. So that that's impressive. Who is the target market? I mean, we're Canadians. We live in Canada. You're a Canadian company. Um, so hospitals here don't have as much money. But at the same time, I would think they don't want to see George come back two and three times to keep trying to fix the same rotator cuff. So I can see that. But I'm assuming the American market is probably a a bigger one, not sorry, not just in terms of size, because that's obvious, mm -hmm. but probably in terms of uh, per capita as well, because the, these kind of surgeries just seem to be more prevalent in, uh, in, in the States. Yes. Uh, you know, George, I think our technology will be so affordable um, that, you know, we feel that this is a global product, you know, and, okay. and, and whenever, you know, we, we reach the point where we need to choose a global partner, and we already speak with some of them, uh, this is a product that needs global reach, you know, a mega company that will be able to launch it at the um, North American level, European level, Southeast, you know, Asia uh, and, and other countries. So this is our business model. Our, our business is to develop the technologies and its applications. And our technology has multiple uh, indications, for example, rotator cuff, meniscus, cartilage, but we develop other formula for osteoarthritis. We develop other formulas for wound healing, and we develop also uh, you know, formula for um, inflammatory chronic condition. So the point here is that we're not a silver, one, uh, silver bullet for one uh, indication, but multiple. And so this is our role. Our role is to show the scientific value and to demonstrate to have the demonstration that it can improve of course those uh, different indications and this is what our business is and so we will um, you know very um, quickly have licensing opportunities uh, uh, and i was just about to ask that so do you see one global license or would it make more sense to deal with uh, one license for, for North America, another one for Europe, another yes. one for Asia, another one for yes. South America, or is this so big that you would just might get one or two massive, you know, companies who would say, Hey, just license to us. We got everybody covered. 
I don't want to lose everyone, but we are, it's all of that because we have multiple opportunities. For example, orthopedic surgery, uh, surgery uh, companies, um, orthopedic companies, they, most of them have PRP devices. So PRP devices are um, small containers that serves to, to separate your blood in different layers, as I was explaining you know, at the beginning, how to prepare that PRP. So all of those companies having PRP system. Ah, oh, got it. Would want to they're already, have, they're already there. Yes, they would want to have our technology to match their PRP system. We were smart. You know, we did a global deal with one of the PRP companies. Okay, so we have the right to license to, or to sub-license to manufacture that PRP system to any partners, uh, you know, that we, that we choose excluding some competitor, uh, of course. But the point is, for example, if we sub-license a company in Europe that is specialized in regenerative medicine and does not have a PRP system, well, we deliver a turnkey solution for them with both the That's PRP that is and, and the technology. And we have revenues, of course, for both. You know, so it's increasing our revenues. So for example, most of the orthopedic company could have a, a license from them to be used with their PRP system or if you have a smart orthopedic company that wants to control the whole market, then bingo, uh, you know, they need to spit more money on the table to have exclusivity, of course. So, you know, we are evaluating all that at the same time. And then, you know, as opportunity comes, uh, you know, we know, uh, you know, what is the value of, of what we are developing as a platform and, uh, and all the options. And, uh, and we talk with everyone and so again, we, we smartly uh, prepare or set the table for an eventual um, uh, happening, if you want, uh, with regards to licensing or m and eventually. And I'm very glad that you said that, by the way, because uh, if, you, if you said you're going to employ direct sales force, um, I know direct sales force are, are effective, but at the same time, they're also incredibly expensive, especially for small cap companies and can eat up a lot of your uh, resources, both financial and even mindshare, right? Versus yes. it sounds like uh, you're just going to make sure the company focuses on its core competency and you're okay with giving up some margin by licensing and partnerships and all that, because that's just, that's, uh, that keep, keeps you right in your lane. Bingo, uh, George. And, you know, I always forget to talk about myself and um, people, uh, colleagues, you know, they all tell me, you know, you I was going to ask you. You should let know people, you know who you are, and um, and here I jump onto the opportunity to tell you, to tell you that I started companies where we marketed the product, you know, for eight years, for example, uh, Synvisc, a injection for intraarticular, you know, with biometrics. So we did it all, you know, from zero sales and you know growing the sales to sixty million, selling you know the company to Genzyme seven hundred and fifty four million. And so I know all the challenges and all the pain and how deep pockets need to have to do that. And in today's world, you know, there is so much money present, but at the same time, big companies, uh, again, have big pockets and they need new technologies. Orthopedic companies that produce devices, they, they need to go into the orthobiologic field because this is the field of, of the future. So, and only this year, there was a, the foundation of the Biologics Association, which is an association, orthopedic association, that is 
um, uh, promoting and, and, and controlling the use of orthobiologics in the orthopedic uh, practice. So my, my point here is that this is a new era. This is an era that will be, uh, you know, the orthobiologics era, and we're, uh, you know, at the forefront of it. Very, very exciting. So, you know, look, I plan to live to 110 because, <laughs> uh, because you know, medicine's getting better and better and better. But that's going to mean somewhere along the way. Uh, I mean, I already feel my rotator cuff a little bit. It's not quite yes. there, but that. Uh, so there's a good chance I'm going to have your product inside of me sometime next 40, 50 years. I'm going to welcome that. I'm going to be glad. In fact, when I go in for surgery one day, I'm going to say, hey, do we have the product from ortho regenerative? Because you don't, you better get it and I'll come back because I don't want to come back twice. I just want to come once. That's all Absolutely. I want. We'll be proud to have you uh, as a patient. Uh, but not too soon. Not too soon, absolutely. Uh, usually, <laughs> investor relations uh, agreements are not something we ever talk about because you know they're just a standard part of business. But you saw you retained Westwick ICR as mm -hmm. your investor relations advisor for the U.S. Yes, right. Yes. Why them? Because this is very, very specific. I think it's important for people to know. Yes, Westwick is a tier one healthcare IR firm. Um, in the U.S., um, they're known for their the quality of their services and the, the reach, and um, so you know the the mandate uh, that they have, of course, is to market or to in the U.S. We just got uh, cross listed on the as you uh, you know stated in your opening. You know we are um, an OTCQB uh, listed company, and um, so it, it is important for us to be known into the U.S. market. Uh, for um, you know, increasing uh, the uh, shareholder base, uh, to increasing, uh, of course, the, um, the the volume of transaction and so on, but also for the future. You know, we have that ambition ambition that someday, uh, you know, to be listed on on a um, national uh, listing in the U.S. So um, you know, uh, Westwick, you know, will just help to orchestrate all our um, uh, IR uh, events and uh, promotive uh, you know, work show in the US. Yes. But what's important there is they're not general, that they're well known for the strong relationships within with, with uh, big healthcare investors yes. uh, in, in the US. So that, and that says yes. a lot because you know, I know Gorecom just doesn't take on anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, and given the fact that Westwick is so specialized, with U.S. healthcare investors, yes, I would think they're even more uh, discerning at the end of the day. They, they're even more uh, strict about who they take on. So that's good yes. third-party validation there as well. Yes, and also, uh, George, it's important to have the right balance between retail investors, institutional investors, and of course, Westwick will bring in some uh, institutional investors. Uh, you know, we to to the company. And uh, you know we'll present to many of them, and eventually, uh, you know, we will have uh, institutional that will, uh, you know, become uh, have a good position in the company, and um, as well as uh, you know, meeting with uh, multiple analysts, we already have uh, you know some uh, preferred analysts that we already talk, you know, in the U.S. They love our company, and uh, but we want we need to continue, 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 and make sure that we are well known and the radar of all the institu institutional and retail investors in the U.S as well as Canada. Yeah, course. and I think yes. the US is almost more important, quite frankly, not just because it's a bigger market, but this uh, just because of more people, more investors. But I think this is, a, this is an even bigger market for them at the end of the day. 
Yes, it's it's a very sophisticated market in yeah. our fields, especially. So yes, it's very important. Because there's so us. much private, right? I mean, there's yes. private. Yes. It's, you got the insurance side, you got the private side. It's really, uh, you know, and when people get injured there, you're talking about some, you know, you talk about some athletes are who are worth 100 200 500 million dollars to their teams uh you know just just that that's why i think it's great to have that u.s make sure everyone knows about it yes. you raised three million dollars in december yes uh how far will that take you is is this process an expensive process or uh you know how, how long how far will that three million dollars take you yes it, it will take us you know between 12 to 15 months depending oh, that's great. depending that's of, of our rate to enroll patients so we've never been so strong financially speaking. We have virtually zero uh, payables and debt. You know, we just cleared that up, that out. Um, and um, so, you know, right now we're totally focused on executing our milestones. You know, preparing the, you know, the completing the regulatory, preparing the uh, clinical trial, starting to enroll patient. And uh, right now we're selecting all the US sites as we speak, you know, so, um, and I just look forward to be able to reveal the name of those sites and investigators. And uh, so there is a, a whole list of uh, good news that are coming in the coming weeks and months. And um, some of them are material. So, you know, we're very excited to share that with our Yeah, investors. clearly Claude, everything's yes. showing up. You've got great product, great partners, even though we're gonna find out more about them. Uh, financing through the private placement. And I'm really happy to hear that's going to take you 12 to 15 months because sometimes your company is saying, well, we need to go back to the market in another two or three months. And that sometimes is a big of a bit of a risk factor. So that's great yes. to know. Uh, I think you got everything lined up. It's exciting. Uh, it's something we can all understand now, right? Uh, yes. For everyone who's watching, listening at home, it's not, you don't have to be an expert in life sciences, right? I think sometimes people make the mistake that they want to be an expert in the life sciences. And now, if they want to, if they have that expertise, by all means, right? There's the website right there, right above, right above Claude's head. You can see it, orthorti.com. Go there and take a deep dive. But for the rest of us, which is 98.5%, now the ortho story is so much easier to understand and something yes. that we can all relate to. So we could go for two hours, Claude, talking about the company. But I think we've done a great job here of giving people a really great 30,000 foot level and even some good details, right? Even yes. some good details. Yes. And we'll save more because clearly from what you're telling us, there's going to be more reason for you to be coming back uh, in the next few weeks, few months. So we're going to have you on a lot in 2021. Last words to you, uh, you know, just to talking to your current shareholders and anybody who's watching uh, now we're not, we don't give financial advice. We're talking about stock price, but about the company, you know, how do you want to end off this, this webcast? Well, you know, I would end it, end it up between, you know, by just exposing that the difference between invention and innovation, you know, there is a, a big gap. Innovation needs to be affordable and used by a, a lot of people so that you become something that is a breakthrough you know, into the marketplace. So there are tons of invention, but they're so expensive and, as, and complicated that sometimes they don't even reach the market or they reach the market and then they go belly up because it's not affordable and not usable. But our solution is so simple 
Um, and, and the best validation is to talk to, with orthopedic surgeon and they love it again because it's easy to use and quick and, and this is addressing an, an already um, uh, specified need. So again, we have something that is very uh, attractive and not expensive to, to manufacture. We can fix our price into the marketplace wherever we want it. So we'll find the best sweet spot for pricing. And um, so again, we I think you know, the table is uh, being set uh, for great success, you know, in the coming uh, months and year. Yep, I love it. I think it's great. Claude, this has been a fantastic uh, overview of, of, of ortho and uh, ortho regenerative. And we're going to look forward to having you back, especially to find out those sites, you know, in the US. That's, that's going to be, a, I can't wait to hear about those. Love it, uh, George. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, yeah, thanks so much for being here because you make it easy, Claude, given what you guys are doing there at the company. Wonderful. For all of you at home, time to do your due diligence. We know that there is a lot to uh, understand about, you know, the real details about what orthoregenerative technologies does, but we've given you a great layman's overview. We know you can't absorb it all in one shot, so make sure to do your due diligence two steps. One, get over to Gorecom, go to the orthoregenerative technologies hub, go to the profile page, and we've got a lot of this stuff neatly laid out for you because we've talked a lot about stats and all those things. We've got great pie charts there. Uh, and then step two, make sure you go over to the orthoregenerative website straight from Agoracom, or you can see it right there uh, at the top of Claude's screen to do even more due diligence uh, because it, clearly the company is, as Claude said, set the table for some potential great success. You've got to decide on your own by doing your due diligence, whether they're actually going to execute on that and where they can get it done. But make sure you do your due diligence so you don't I don't tell you 12 months from now. You don't tell me 12 months from now. We didn't tell you so. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. See you next time. Thank you.